Welcome back to the podcast. I don't know if I've done that song before, but uh, I'm a big fan of it. It's got a really cool story behind it. Um, that is Rumble by Link Ray from 1958. Um, and the reason I like that song is it is actually the first and I believe only instrumental song to ever be banned from radio. Oh. <laughs> it has no lyrics, but in 1958, they were like, nope, we can't play this on the radio. It's too aggressive. And the reason because of that is it, you, it was basically the first like song to use power chords and distortion. So they heard mm. that on the radio and they were like, nope, this is going to get kids like all fired up and they're going to want to party and they can't play this shit. So I think it's hilarious that a song with no lyrics got banned from the radio in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, I would stab a motherfucker to that song. Oh, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so I don't know if they're wrong, per se. Yeah, uh, sure. No, that is a great song. Um, yeah. I think I think Jimmy Page talked about that song, and it might get loud. Oh, did he? Okay, cool. Yeah, he, uh, he like, uh, played it on vinyl, and um, which also... <laughs> I get being a music fan and loving music. I don't know if you remember that scene where they go into his little vinyl room and it's just wall to wall yeah, covered totally in vinyls and it's like bro I get it but like <laughs> you I guarantee you you have not listened to every single one of those and oh, yeah. I guarantee that you do not have time to listen to every single yeah, one yeah exactly yeah same with Paul McCartney I saw a picture of Paul McCartney's like vinyl record room and it's insane man it, and obviously he has all like the the Beatles stuff like mono cuts that are probably worth like thousands right i get it like i i definitely think collecting things especially like if you're pa passionate about it totally makes sense and is like a good idea uh but in the same sense i'm also like like i get that way with video games sometimes like i want to collect everything yeah. but it's like i'm not gonna play all this shit so yeah. i'm just gonna collect the shit i want <laughs> exactly to enjoy yeah um but yeah uh one of the i, I wonder if it was the vibrato on that song because that was also a pretty early song that introduced vibrato yeah like because as, as the riff but that's okay what is you mean tremolo? tremolo but that's okay there <laughs> yeah vibrato is the one that's i'm about to stupid. like be such a nerd right now so uh the tremolo bar the whammy bar on guitars um is called a trim bar although it actually does vibrato which is shifting of pitch a tremolo essentially shifts the volume it turns it up and down so a trim bar is actually it changes the vibrato, so it should be called a vibrato bar, but it's not. It didn't catch on, um, right. and everybody that calls it that is wrong, but it's one of those things where, like, everybody's wrong, so it's weird if you don't call it that. <laughs> well, and that's why I get the effects confused, because I, 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 I'm thinking about it in, like, guitar effect yeah, way, right. which is not the most accurate way, because vibrato is a thing that you could do on most instruments like yeah. it's uh even your voice it's a, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a music technique yeah um <laughs> but i don't believe tremolo to be i think that is a guitar invention yeah essentially yeah <laughs> i mean i guess you can like do a tremolo effect but i don't think it was a thing until guitar yeah yeah this is getting nerdy <laughs> this um, is, yeah we should move on <laughs> anyways all right we are back uh again and uh you can't get rid of us yet We're like yet <laughs> yeah eventually <laughs> eventually we'll be gone the cold entropy of the universe will take us all <laughs> <laughs> true that 
Um, all right, Mitch. Well, we got this. This was all Mitch's idea. We did it last year. We're doing it again this year. Today, we're going to be talking about our top five albums of 2020. Yeah, I like to just kind of like look back and reflect on the good things that happened this year. And um, it was actually a pretty good year for music. Um, it not obviously not you know seeing shows, but they the, uh, a whole bunch of artists released new music this year, and it went over pretty well. So I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, and I think uh, when we get to the main part there, I'll kind of share what my experience was because my exp- I didn't listen to a lot of new music mm-hmm. this year, so I had to do things very differently. But I put some time in and did it, and I think it was pretty cool. And there are some people that released music that I had no idea was still around. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have a lot to actually go back and listen to. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of excited to talk about that. Um, but in the meantime, Mitch, do you want to do what you're drinking? Yes, I am parched. What are you going to pour down your gullet today? <laughs> Alrighty. So, um I went to the liquor store the other day, and I was picking out some uh, beers for the podcast, and they had a shitload of like Christmas-themed beer, so I right. bought an entire six-pack of all Christmas beers. Nice. Um, the one I picked out to drink first is by Revolution Brewing in Chicago, and it is called Fistmas. Yes. <laughs> Fistmas. I've seen that video. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I go down a strange rabbit hole, man. Uh, been there. Uh, this is a red ale with ginger and orange peel, and it says it's full festive flavors for jolly, joyful jingles. <laughs> I could do without the ginger. It's a lot of alliteration. Yeah, that, that is. It's actually impressive. Yeah. All right, what do you think? All right. It's pretty good. Um, I am a fan of red ales, um, so I do like it a lot. I think the ginger and orange peel are subtle enough that it's um, refreshing. Um, the only hmm. thing I will say, it doesn't remind me of Christmas at all. So, I was going to say, <laughs> ginger was not a thing that makes me think Christmas. No, no. Like orange peel, cinnamon, sure. Ginger. Mm. It makes me think of curry. Yeah, or sushi. <laughs> or sushi, yeah. yeah. Pickled ginger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of that, um, I did see the, uh, the the liquor store I went to had that uh, Christmas pickle beer you had the, the last time. I chose not to get it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It was... I mean, you should try one, just just to know, but I've we already, like, pawned them off on somebody else. Like, yeah, it's good. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I'll skip it. So, um yeah, that's this is pretty good. What about you? What you what you drinking on? All right. Well, I wanted to start light for the first episode, and I may have had this on the podcast before. I'm not sure. I got a Yingling Golden Pilsner. Oh, nice. So, kind of getting into the Yingling family. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like all the different stuff that Yingling has. I just haven't tried a lot of it. Um, their black and tan is not good. Yeah, I, think I agree. you have to do that homebrew style. I think you have to actually combine two beers for it to be because uh, black and tans i really do think are delicious you just have to putting it in a can doesn't work mm-hmm. um but yeah i may have tried this i don't really remember why i won't give it a shot because cool. that's actually pretty funny because i'm drinking my uh, fancy fistmas beer out of my yingling uh pint glass so we're both on that today well if i have had this before i really don't remember this is actually really good yeah yeah, I think I have had it, and I remember liking this is, it. This is very weedy, um, and it's and it's because I think the reason you kind of drink a pilsner, you drink one of those, you know, cheaper kind of you know thin thinner beers, quote unquote, um, is because they are refreshing mm-hmm. and they are good and they are lighter. Like they're not they're not super heavy. There's not a lot to dissect, mm-hmm. but this actually has flavor to it, though. Yeah, that's good. Um, which is interesting. So yeah, I don't know, it's pretty good. I wanted to start light because my next beer is the literal opposite of this. All right, cool. I'm very excited for that. But yeah, I totally agree with you there. I like a good like pilsners and lagers aren't necessarily my favorite, but it's good for when you're like you know you know you're going to be drinking all night, <laughs> and you're like I want something with a fairly low alcohol percentage so I don't get go too hard too fast. Um, but that's also like you know tasty. So it fills yeah. that gap. Yeah, yeah, because it and it even kind of tastes like normal Yingling, but even like the Yingling Lager, every time, every now and then, I'll just kind of like it. It will just have a certain 
flavor that I don't always vibe on. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's weird. I, I swear it changes batch to batch. I really hmm. do, like surprisingly. But um, yeah, no, this is good. So nothing too exciting, but it was, if I saw it, but I don't see this around though. That's what kind of bugs me is I don't see a six pack of their Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. But I would I would pick that up a little bit more if it was more available. I only find them in these pint cans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have too. Yeah, it's a good point. Cool. Do you want to get into the lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get one done. All right. Sounds good. Question numero uno. Uh, what is your favorite 90s comedy movie? Mm. I think I would have trouble picking one from the 90s just because I don't remember what's from the 90s or the mm-hmm. 80s or the early aughts. Yeah, yeah. I'll help um, you narrow it down a little bit. I, yeah. So... If you're so 90s movies were especially comedies were all about um, well actually there was a really huge like uh, movement of Saturday Night Live sketches being turned into comedies um, most notably like with Wayne's World um, which is probably one of my favorites um, and also like Saturday Night Live actors making movies like Chris Farley Tommy Boy um, and then also Adam Sandler obviously that was his big heyday. Um, Will Ferrell, I think, had a few in the 90s. He was more early 2000s, though, I feel like. But um, uh, Night at the Roxbury, I think, was 90s. So, yeah, just think about, like, Saturday Night Live in the 90s. They probably turned it into a movie. (laughs) And it was probably great. (laughs) So what I did is I went ahead and just saved us some time here and Googled popular comedies from the 90s. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, So as I'm looking through this list, there are definitely some staples, some really good ones. Um, One movie that is from 1998 that I think is considered a comedy that I probably have to pick is The Big Lebowski. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, that's a good one. Good. Now, if we're talking more of just like comedy, comedy, like, you know, because The Big Lebowski to me has always just been a detective movie, Mm -hmm. um, like a neo-noir style film. Yeah. Uh, I think the one that I have watched probably the most and answer is always yes if somebody wanted to watch it uh, from the same year of 1998 Half-Baked. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Because half, Half-Baked is so dumb. It's, <laughs> it's so, incredibly dumb. It's but I love so it. dumb. But yeah, I just I love it. Um, yeah, I think I would have to pick that now. Maybe some runner ups would be uh, Office Space. Oh, yeah. Which is an which is a great movie. Um, and then, and then you were start talking about SNL and I was like, yeah, Tommy boy, black sheep, like those, mm-hmm. you know, obviously are great. Um, the Ace Ventura movies though. Oh too. shit. Yeah. Ace Ventura was good. Um, just, although they don't hold up well, I think we talked about the first film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some of the, <laughs> some of the issues with the main plot line. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, if I, if I had to pick one that was like just one of my favorite movies big lebowski and then if i wanted to pick more of a dumber not a lot of substance there comedy that the 90s was a little bit more known for i'd probably pick half-baked yeah okay good answers good answers um so i probably so i kind of like blew my blew my wad already but um i so mine it would probably have to be like wayne's world uh i was a big Mm. fan of mike myers dana carvey um and i went back and watched it this past week just because i was like it was on netflix or something and i was like oh it's free i haven't seen this in a while um really good i still laughed my ass off um they are they were doing things that were like way ahead of their time like in i don't know if you remember all of like the um they, they they broke the fourth wall a lot, which yeah. wasn't a big thing in the com- comedy movies in the nineties. Um, they they basically made fun of like every movie trope, but in a way that like fit with the storyline. And there's just so many like I, I feel like the laughs per minute are very high, and there's tons of like references to other pop culture movies and stuff at the time. Hilarious. So that's probably my number one. Number two would probably be like Tommy Boy. It's it's kind of a toss up. Yeah, and Tommy Boy is great. I think there's something about Tommy Boy that is quintessential '90s. Yeah, but also quintessential, like you said, with with because uh, that's that that was some of the best 
you know, times for SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I, I think that, um, I don't know. You just, you can't beat Chris Farley. Um, so no, I, I, I agree with those picks and yeah, the, the writing in Wayne's world is amazing. I think one of my favorite scenes I've always had is like when Garth sits down at the drums and he starts drumming and then it just like gets bigger and bigger and like there's a fog machine and like at the end he's like, I like to play. play. (laughs) And then Wayne's world also has just like so many quotes, like quotable lines that I still find myself quoting every, every once in a while. Like, uh, sphincter says what? Uh, (laughs) excuse me, baking powder. I say that all the time. Um, (laughs) pardon me. Do you have any gray Poupon? Anyway, all right, I'm done. Well, and then well. and then the Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, bit. yeah, one of the most legendary scenes in Timeless. history. <laughs> Timeless, and they almost didn't get to use the song. Yeah, yeah, I think I heard about that. But they, when they filmed it, I think whoever from Queen, whether it was Brian May or somebody, I think it was Brian May. Somebody saw it from Queen, like they showed mm-hmm. it to him, and they just loved it, and they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And that then made queen blow up again yeah right yeah i heard that i was actually watching so part of the reason i was wanting to watch wayne's world again is um josh gad did does this like youtube channel where he gets he does like reunions of like 80s and 90s movies and he did a wayne's world like video where he got basically everybody from wayne's world on a zoom call and they just talked about it and they actually he ended up getting brian may to join the zoom call and he talked about like yeah we weren't sure at first but then honestly like i tribute Brian May said he tributes Queen's success in like the 2000s to Wayne's World. It like ex- absolutely exploded again. You know, prior to that, they were kind of like becoming forgettable, but yeah. that movie just blew them up again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, no, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Question number two. Um, we've talked about tattoos before. Um, kind of question uh, regarding that. If you had gotten a tattoo at the age of 13 <laughs> um, that was, you know, kind of encompassed what you were really into at the time, what would you have, what would you be stuck with right now? <laughs> I, I have about four or five yeah. and I could go through them all right now. And this is all reasons I don't have a tattoo. <laughs> so I think the first one that I was really into getting was I wanted to get the blue tortoise shell from Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time playing Mario Kart with my my friends around that age, and that would have kind of encompassed that. That one I don't think I would have regretted too much because it would have just been a small tattoo somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I definitely would have got a Jets tattoo. I, I'm 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 amping it up to more like 14, 15, 16 because mm-hmm. that was getting closer to the age where I could have got a tattoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I would have I would have got a New York Jets tattoo, I think. And then at the pinnacle that I was starting to get kind of close to getting was I was going to get um the Walking Dead uh font like from the comic book series uh from shoulder to shoulder. So it was going to mm-hmm. say the Walking Dead from shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um that because I knew exactly how I wanted to do it and the placement and then I thought, you know, maybe one day I'll have them do because I forget the name of the artist of the first the first series, the first part of The Walking Dead, the art is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it, it changes later on because I think they switched illustrators. And it's not bad, but I just love the original art style of The Walking Dead. So I would have probably had The Walking Dead and maybe done the, the scene where Rick is uh, riding into Atlanta on the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have done something like that, like long term. Okay, uh, yeah. And I'm really fucking glad because this was well before anybody was even talking about turning it into a fucking TV show. Yeah. So I'm really glad I did not do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, I think my answer would have to be, so I had pretty poor taste when I was like 13, 14. Um, so the, but the things I was into most um, probably would have been uh, Reliant K. Um, they were like my favorite band back in like middle school. So I probably would have gotten a Reliant K tattoo and I would regret it hard today. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not that they're not a great band, but they're far from my favorite band right now. Oh, well. <laughs> Garrett, so, fight me. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I I don't have I don't have problems with Ryan. K. I I don't care about Ryan. K. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's actually it's actually a meaner opinion. I could give two shits about Ryan. K. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that, I mean, it makes sense for you because like I was raised like in the church and middle school. That was like groundbreaking rock, but also like christian enough that your parents wouldn't mind you listening to um it was really the first like quote-unquote rock band that i liked so that's like you know why i they always will hold a special place in my heart which is totally fair and and that's where it begins and ends yeah i mean i would never shit on that because i have a bunch of bands like that too i mean i still i still listen to switchfoot yeah Um, yeah it's true you do i do not yeah yeah i'm like deep into their catalog i like their new music um (laughs) So no, I wouldn't shit on that at all. I just you you are correct though. We had a very different my mom would let me listen to anything. So mm-hmm. I was 13, 14. I listened to Eminem. And I actually kind of had to like provide an argument to my family why I should be allowed to listen to the music. Yeah. Um I remember I my I when I got into Nirvana and I was about 14 or 15, I had had Bleach and Nevermind. And then I found out about In Utero, so I really wanted to buy In Utero on CD, but I had to mm-hmm. go through my grandpa to buy it. And when I came in, he kind of like had this big conversation where he's like, "Well, I don't know how I really feel about this because there's the rape me is on In Utero." Oh yeah. And he's like, and I had to explain to him the whole nuance of the song, and like I had to go through all that. And he was like, "Well, okay." And <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, Grandpa, I'm not gonna. I, it's not like a call to action. Like right. I, it's so." <laughs> Yeah, very, very different. I mean, sometimes I wish that it wasn't that way, maybe a little bit, um, because I think it made me pretentious slightly. Um, But yeah, definitely, definitely very different. I was, I would have been the kid at that age because I was a little shit. And when I saw a Reliant K music video, I was like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. so but i miss out on that communal thing with people our age like aaron aaron was the same way but he was into stuff like limp biscuit yeah. and like you know he listened to good charlotte and all this shit and he's like uh oh man there's one band too that he really likes and i just can't limp biscuit is a big one i don't know if you've ever seen aaron when a limp biscuit song turns on that dude fucking turns up really it is i did not know he was a limp biscuit fan if we're driving in the car and a limp biscuit song comes on he fucking cranks it and like it goes hard and i'm like bro this does jam this yeah. is a banger yeah but i have no nostalgic connection to this shitty fucking <laughs> right. music yeah exactly but i love it dude yeah so no i totally get it so i try not to I try to not actually shit on people for their nostalgic taste because yeah. I totally understand. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. But I missed out. I missed out on stuff like that. I don't, I, nobody's like, oh yeah, I used to listen to Soundgarden when I was 13 and got really into <laughs> fucking uh, Down on the Upside. It was their white album. I don't think that's a bad problem to have considering you, like, your story is way cooler. <laughs> well, you say that, but I'm always the one who's like, oh, nobody's fucking. Like I was listening to like, like, like Kenny Wayne Shepherd when I was twelve. So I'd go yeah. to school and be like, "Oh yeah, I really like Kenny Wayne Shepherd." And they're like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other hand, like I didn't listen to rap until I was like twenty, and now I'm like the biggest rap fan. Um, so man, I missed a lot. <laughs> And it's also kind of embarrassing. I was having a conversation with my friends one time and they were like, uh, yeah, like what we were talking about, like hip hop and rap. And they're like, yeah, what kind of like got you into rap? And my buddy was just like, oh, man, you know, growing up, I was a I was a huge like a Tupac fan. Uh, you know, I know all of his stuff. I, um, you know, I worship the guy. And they're like, well, he's like, what about you? And I was like, uh, probably Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've talked about before on the podcast. Um just a disclaimer, I, I, I'm not a big Macklemore fan, but it's kind of similar to Reliant K. I heard Macklemore and I was like, oh shit, this is kind of good. Let's see what else is out there. <laughs> and then that kind of opened my eyes to good rap. <laughs> yeah, to, to actual rap. Which is fair. I mean, God bless the guy for doing it. Yeah, um, exactly. But that is hilarious. Fucking. <laughs> 
Oh, you heard of Macklemore? <laughs> uh, I think he won a Grammy. He won a Grammy. Him and Ryan Lewis. Um, yeah, Ryan Lewis. <laughs> Ryan Lewis. I presume I hate more Macklemore. It's Ryan Lewis because yeah, I probably. feel like he was the guy constantly being like, "Oh, this is good. This is good shit." <laughs> yeah, we're doing something here, dude. Yeah, exactly. Fucking, let's go, dude. <laughs> That's how he talks in my head. Anyways, all right. Next, what's the next lightning round all question? Right. Lightning around question number three, and not gonna lie, I stole this directly from the Gus and Eddie podcast, but I thought it was an interesting question, so I wanted to get your approve. opinion. Cool. Um, if you had the power to control one person's dream for one night, so like Inception style, you get to go in and basically force them to dream something. Um, what would you make them dream, and why? Oh, and who would, who would be the person? All right. I came up with this answer pretty quickly. I'm really impressed with myself. Uh, I would inceptualize into Jeff Bezos' dreams and try to convince him to take all his oodles of money and fucking give most of it away. (laughs) Because I just recently watched a video about how much money Jeff Bezos has. It's insane. And how many problems he can solve and still have billions of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think it's ever been put to me well enough as it did in this video. So, yeah, I would convince him to just like end fucking homelessness because he could Mm -hmm. and he'd still have 14 billion dollars. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that would be my plan to to, and I would want to do it very Inception style where it was like a fucking mission. Yeah. and, and do that to convince Jeff Bezos that uh, he can't take any of that with him. Yeah. And uh, his kids do not need all that money. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he could probably solve a fair amount of the problems, at least in the United States, with the amount of money he has. <laughs> That's great. Did you listen to this episode, by the way? The Gus and Eddie podcast? Uh, I don't think so, because I don't remember this question. Because so that's I'm... almost exactly what Eddie Burback said. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, now in all fairness, is... it could be there subconsciously. The, the episode is called Jeff Bezos Christmas Carol or something, because Eddie said that he would go to visit Jeff Bezos and like f- like try to force him to give Eddie some of his money. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, hilarious. Yeah. And then Gus said he would visit Nakey Jakey and force him to have dreams where every time he sat on his like exercise ball, it would just pop. <laughs> so then every time he like, you know, went to go shoot a video, he'd be afraid, afraid that the medicine, that the exercise ball would pop. <laughs> so I, I remember that. So it's possible. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm pretty sure I did listen to this episode. So okay. <laughs> it, it could have subconsciously seeped out but i did just see this video on jeff bezos and the amount of money he had yeah. so i think i would convince him not so much to give me money but to actually solve the world's problems with the amount of money he has. yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome man i don't know if i have a, an answer that good it's probably going to be something selfish like what eddie said like visit someone and have them give me money or like visit like Dave Grohl and just have him like, like inceptionize him to drive to Fort Wayne and just like meet me and like we'll be in a band and be on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Then he he just like wakes up one morning and he was just like, I had a dream. Two friends, three questions. What is that? And then he like searched the podcast store and then he's just like, oh shit, I got to listen to this. And then boom, we're friends. (laughs) Right. Or... (laughs) Wow, this isn't very good. This is bad. <laughs> true that, true that. They it's probably a, more of that one. They got 80 episodes of this shit? Jesus uh. Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's more likely to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would that would be probably my second answer is conceptualizing all the people that we've had on as 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 guests yeah. in the podcast who actually be on the podcast. Like we I go visit Shaq and you know I, I make his dream to wear like icy hot. Every time he puts it on, he like his skin falls off. <laughs> and then like Snoop Dogg, it would be like he uh, every time uh, he would try to like light up a blunt, it would be like a trick cigar that would explode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the, yeah. like in the anime cartoon. So every time he tried to smoke a joint, it would just go like pop. Yeah, right. <laughs> just terrorize them. Actually, that's why I would terrorize people. So mine's fucked up. I would be the. I would basically become it, and just go around and fucking. 
or maybe Freddy Krueger is a better Freddy example. Kruger, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a better example. <laughs> Just fuck with people. Yeah, yeah. Which is a totally acceptable answer. Like, yeah, that's... which is which is totally cool. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely terrorize people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that was about it. So let's get into the actual shit. Sounds good. All right, so. How are we going to do this thing? How are we going to fuck this pig? Yeah, I'm not really sure. So you came up with like five albums that you really like. I came up with five. You want to just go back and forth and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, in order. It can just be five of our favorites. Yeah, mine are not in order. So yeah, let, I'll, I'll kick it off. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll just go back and forth. Um, I'll kick it off, though, because like like I had mentioned earlier, um, I had a little bit of a different experience with this because mm-hmm. I hadn't listened to a lot of the music that came out this year um, because this year has sucked ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, what I did do is I went through um, a list of all 2020 album releases. Mm-hmm. And I, I went- did something kind of similar. Like I had a list of like albums that I really liked, but then I was just like, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting something. So I found like a couple lists of like consequence of sound always makes a top 50 albums of 2020. So I just like look, looked at theirs and I was like, is there anything on there worthwhile? Turns out no. Um, so, <laughs> well, right. That's the thing. So like I kind of went through and handpicked and I have a tro I have trouble remembering if music came out like this year or last year, mm-hmm. y- you know what I mean? Or cause I'll get into an album and it'll be from like 2018, but yeah. I think it just came out. So the only, the biggest thing that I'm really bad about being a music nerd is, you know, when music actually released mm-hmm. um so but i would do that and i would go back through and pick out the bands that i and actually some of the albums i did listen to this year i just didn't know it was from this year mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying like i couldn't process that so um i did a lot of speed listening mm-hmm. <laughs> i spent about two hours last night just like going through listening to as much of these albums that i could but mm-hmm. i think i picked out five that i think are all good and throughout the year I have like dabbled in, I just didn't realize mm-hmm. um, that these were like, you know, new albums. And, yeah. you know, I uh, unfortunately had kind of forgot about them. So I got to mm-hmm. revisit a bunch. And then there's a bunch that I didn't even know bands were still putting out music. So I have some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Anyways, uh, no particular order. I'm going to start it out with Run the Jewels, fourth <sighs> album. I know that's on your list. It is on my list. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, I had a feeling. Um, yeah, so we could both kind of talk about it. No, I mean, I just think Run the Jewels is awesome. I think they've kind of always been awesome. Uh, I discovered them pretty late. In the, I think I discovered them right before their third album came out. I think I did too, yeah. Um, and then probably because I think they did an episode of Portlandia. Oh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. So I'm starting to think that that's probably why, which is fucking the whitest shit in the world. <laughs> I think I discovered them when they had that song with um, DJ Shadow, um, Nobody Speak. And I've always been aware of DJ Shadow. Um, so I was like, oh shit, DJ Shadow's got a new song with these guys run the jewels. And then it turns out, like, after I listened to it, I was like, who the fuck is DJ Shadow? Um, run the jewels is amazing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, no, I just I just think this album's really good. I think it was like really aggressive, which was really cool, and I think it came out mm-hmm. at such an important time. Yeah, for it to come out, and I think mm-hmm. that's what. Do- and I think they shadow dropped this. I think they just put it out like yeah, there was no did, warning yeah. with this. Which I think I- they might have done that a couple times in their catalog, but yeah, definitely with this one. Yeah, and I and I love that so much. Just just having a brand new album and music videos and stuff to listen to and digest so no i i mean i just think it's a banger i think it's super aggressive which is mm-hmm. cool um their music kind of always is but this album in particular i think they definitely like went pretty hard mm-hmm. um i love the music videos for the singles and i just think it came out at like a really pivotal time mm-hmm. um so i definitely think it's a it's a highlight of 2020 for sure exactly yeah i just keep thinking back to like when i first heard it and i showed erica um there's that one song where he he has the lyrics something like uh, and i scream i can't breathe and erica was like oh shit is this um did they like just record this and then release it like within a week after the george floyd killings and then i was just like oh no this is you know that's actually a pretty you know big thing like all like i I think eric garner or somebody like also said like i can't breathe and then it just 
it, it kind of, you know, puts, it reframes the idea that like this album is so important. And the fact that you can listen to this and be like, oh shit, this, this is still going on. Although I'm sure they recorded it probably six months to a year before they released it. Right. And it's still, and they chose the perfect time to drop it. And it's just, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think it's important. And, um, I don't know what the universal opinion of, of RTJ is. I know a lot of people tend to shit on LP um, yeah. as being the weaker one in the group, which I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with. but he, uh, I, I, Yeah, I disagree with that, too, because LP, like, I don't know if you've heard any of his, like, stuff that he he's done, like, not with Killer Mike. Like, yeah. he actually is a really good producer. He yeah. He's definitely kind of the brains of the, you know, making music thing while LP is a much better rapper i'll give you that but lp is just like a genius producer yeah no wholeheartedly that's that's exactly <laughs> why like okay maybe he's not the best lyricist in the world or mm-hmm. the the best that you know like it, sometimes his flow is kind of weird and i can't really follow it as well but mm-hmm. um yeah no he's definitely important all right mitch i took one of yours down um, okay what what's what do you got for us okay so my one I want to recommend, um, one I want to talk about is an album. It's actually the first album by a band called the Black Pumas, um, and they 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 actually won like 2020 New Artist of the Year on, with the Grammys. So um, they're definitely starting to explode, and for good reason. Um, they are kind of a psychedelic. Uh, soul band. It's basically mm. just a duo of two guys. I think they're from like Austin, Texas. Um, and I was actually reading up a bit about them because I think they're super interesting and they make really good music. It's just kind of, you know, I've, I've lately, I've been talking about this, like I'm, I've been on a kick with like soul music that is new, but it sounds like it's straight from the fifties. That's kind of like what black Pumas is, is doing. Um, psychedelic soul. One of the guys is like, he was a he was a busker, like borderline homeless in Los Angeles. And then he moved to Austin and he just kind of got, it was one of those classic stories of like, this dude was busking on the street. And then a producer like discovered him and was like, Hey man, you're awesome. Let's start a band. And that is the black Pumas. So they, they're doing some really cool shit. Um, yeah. I'm, and it's just feel good soul music that, um, is just really fun and awesome. So that's about it. Cool. Um, I have not heard of them, so I'm actually yeah, pretty check intrigued out the Black by that. Pumas. Um, it was their first, uh, their debut album was 2020, and it's it's a self-titled album called Black Pumas. So <laughs> Sweet. All right. Dope. Um, you ready for me to cross another one off your list? Yep, let's do it. I do have, I debated a lot about putting it on here, but I kind of just had to. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. What? All right. Yeah, let's talk about that. That is definitely on my list. So Yeah, I pretty much <laughs> knew, but I did put it on here, too. So really, all in all, it's a good fucking album. Mm-hmm. So that that is a big thing for me. I don't really know how I feel about Machine Gun Kelly at this point. Um, I still think it's fucking hilarious about after the whole beef with Eminem, he just <laughs> didn't even come out with a hip hop yep. album. Yep, exactly. I find that very funny. However, I do think he's good, a good musician. I I really do like these songs. Mm-hmm. I think it's the perfect mix of like old, like Blink style kind of sound, like from that era, mixed with like newer shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do have like fair critiques about it, like the song. Uh, my ex's best friend where he has black bear on there mm-hmm. uh black bear's been doing this style of music years before mgk did oh really yeah, i didn't know that so i wasn't sure who black bear was well me neither he's like featured in every he's like the new dj Khaled. <laughs> yeah, right me neither and then i go back and listen to his shit and it was like from three years ago and i'm like this just sounds like what they just did like this sounds oh, like huh. that whole album um, but with that all being said, I think it's good. I don't think, I, I think that to me in the grand scope, it was a cool album to come out in 2020 because like, I think, I do think the thing about Machine Gun Kelly, while I'm kind of on the fence about how I specifically feel about him, I think he's more talented than just like doing the music that he's been doing. Yeah. Um, I think he can do more. Um, 
and I think he is doing more and I think he's good at it. So he's obviously a very, very, very talented artist. And I just like these songs and they came out in a time where I was kind of having a, a shitty year and a shitty go. And I mm-hmm. kind of got some emo, kind of angsty bullshit. Yeah. I'm a piece of shit kind of music. And that kind of helped. So yeah, I, right. I listened to this album a lot in kind of self-loathing nature. So it was just one I had to put on there because I have listened to a lot of this album over and over again yeah, so same. yeah i just had to yeah most definitely man and that's kind of the reasons i i, I put it on my list too i would i would add that um i think it's kind of uh i i think it's kind of brilliant what he's doing for the pop punk uh scene right now because if you think about like you know, back when Blink-182 and Green Day were a thing, like, pop-punk was all the rage. There was, you know, all sorts of, you know, bands that were doing something similar. Name a band in 20... Name a pop-punk band in 2020. It's pretty hard. The pop-punk oh, yeah. bands are not as mainstream as they used to be. Um, obviously, there's some really cool bands out there, um that I won't get into, but, um, yeah, there's some good stuff, but it's really underground. Um, it's, it's, you have to be a hardcore punk pop punk fan to even know who those bands are. Um, yeah, and MGK is kind of like bringing it back to the mainstream a little bit, like how it used to be in a way. I, I would say so. I think we do have to take a beat though and really think post Malone because post Malone if cuz post malone was an artist that blew up mm-hmm. all right doing kind of kind of like a trap i i don't want to say shoegaze cuz it's not quite there but definitely kind of like a newer trap kind of ambient hip hop sound did that uh as he kind of blew up and started doing his thing then he started to like play guitar mm-hmm. you know he started well he started to show off that he could play guitar and right. then we started saying oh this dude could play guitar and then him travis barker just fucking covered an entire nirvana album during yeah, quarantine that was amazing so this all happened before him this album mm-hmm. so i don't know if post malone's ever gonna do what mgk did um mm-hmm. but i do think mgk only became emboldened to do so because of post malone yeah yeah that's 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 a good point but i think people like post malone and mgk while i like their uh, their sound that they got started on uh i'm kind of like i feel like y'all should make rock music like do that we have enough people that make trap music go fucking make rock music because that is and put your spit on it because it's good Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, I think that would be very revitalizing. And I know the the main reason I put this album on my list is that I know that there are kids who listen to MGK, was super into MGK, maybe didn't listen to a whole lot of rock music, and then this album came out, and then now they know who Travis Barker is. Now they yeah. know this sound and, and the and the etchings of it. They're gonna go back, they're gonna check out some of this shit, and it's gonna really open up their world of music. So that's why it's on my list is mm-hmm. Like, I, well, once again, I, I mean, I hate to stress it, but I don't know how I feel about MGK because I'm not the biggest fan of him. Yeah. But I can't agreed. deny that he's talented. And and I think this album was important for younger people who rock music really isn't a thing for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would totally agree. And I, I think the yeah, Post Malone is it was a huge part of that. I just wish Post Malone would kind of like take the plunge into like doing this kind of music more because I, I respect Post Malone. Like I've heard him play guitar. He's amazing. He's a great singer. Um, yeah. He's got a fantastic voice. Um, but I don't really vibe with his style of music just cause that's not my thing. But I know he's got such a huge punk and rock influence that he's just kind of refusing to acknowledge. And I just wish he would because I would love him that much more. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like him to amp it up. I wanted him to do an acoustic album. Because I've yeah, heard him just be sick. sit there with an acoustic guitar and sing, and it's like really good. And I'm like, yeah, this, like you could do this, man. Like you could yeah, do this, definitely. and it would be probably as popular. So, mm-hmm. Mitch, what's your what's your next one? Okay, so my next uh, top album this year, I think, was so it's kind of two. I'm kind of cheating here. Um, so completely different than pop punk. Um, Sturgill Simpson put out two albums this year. One just like a few days ago. Yeah, um, it's called that. Cutting Grass Volumes One and Two. Yeah, um, which is amazing. The co- the album cover is him just like on a lawnmower. Um, and what's cool about it is, so I've I've always been a huge Sturgill fan. Um, 
And I, I actually kind of, I, I listened to a podcast that he was on and he was kind of talking about how he, he's got a really interesting like story. He was basically like doing manual labor for most of his life. He was in the army. Um, so he actually is a true like blue collar guy that doesn't really give a shit about the music industry, but he's a great musician. So he kind of plays along. Um, but he was he was on a podcast and he was kind of talking about, you know, COVID and how it might change his viewpoint of music going forward. And he was kind of talking about how he he's got a family and everything now and he's getting kind of older. So he doesn't know when he'll tour again. He's kind of going on a bit of a touring hiatus, which is a huge bummer because he was actually going to be like right. in Indy this summer. I was absolutely planning on going to see him. And then COVID happened. And he's like, yeah, I might not tour again. I don't know. Um, but he's, but he's, he's obviously still putting out music because it's important to him. But one cool thing he did was, um, rather than release like new music, he kind of did a cover album of his own songs he just did kind of like demos and what i would call it maybe like a b-side album of just like him doing bluegrass covers of his own original songs so he you know he didn't write anything new he basically just like you know took his country rock songs and was like all right well we're gonna take out all the electric guitars we're gonna add a fiddle and that's that that's it man and he does like kind of cool stripped down acoustic super country super bluegrass versions of his songs and they were both amazing so volume one and two uh super good yeah no that sounds super dope super interesting hella creative i actually wanted to sit down and listen to some of that but i ran out of time so that was one i couldn't get to um because that last sturgill simpson album blew my mind oh my god that was amazing i yeah it yeah i really have a lot of opinions on that album so um no definitely a super creative guy so Mm -hmm. um i find that super interesting um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it around to it. I ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Yep. Do it. Just, uh, make time. <laughs> All right. So, well, one of the albums I was listening to while I didn't have time to listen to Sturgill Simpson, that is from the band and they will know us by the trail of dead, their album X, the godless void and other stories. Damn. <laughs> so I ain't listened to this band in a minute and I ain't going to lie to you. It's been a minute. I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about him. But when scrolling through Wikipedia and looking at everything that got released and when it got released, I saw and they will know us by the trail of the dead. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck that band. And I went to their album that they released this year and I started playing it. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot how good this band is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very Eli band. Um, It is just I kind of refer to it as doom punk. Mm hmm where it's like a very punky kind of alt style of music, but just like kind of heavier mm-hmm. and um, and pretty brash. But it's also like kind of like gloomy too. Like you feel kind of depressed while listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so vibey. It's it's so vibey. Like it, it just makes me want to like chill and just... It, it, this is... That band is what I listen to like in late middle school early high school like that's the music mm-hmm. i was looking for um and i you know is it the album of the year probably not but goddamn it, this is an eli album through and through it's a great yeah. fucking album um, definitely i've never heard of them i will have to they're dope dude that. <laughs> yeah you should you should check them out it's it definitely i think surmises like a lot of my taste in music for sure mm-hmm. just just like loud rock music but you know and the and the gloomy kind of doominess sound to it but still being melodic i mean it's just grunge i really mm-hmm. it's just it's just like you know a different style of grunge it's just pulse alternative kind of music so okay yeah that's dope so a little bit of a lesser album that i know not a lot of people probably would know about or know the band but definitely a cool album this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Well, let's check that out. So my next two is uh, Childish Gambino dropped an album called 31520. What? And I had no <laughs> fucking idea. This? Yeah, I don't even know if it's an album, dude. All I know is I sat down and listened to that thing as like quickly as I fucking could. Yeah. And whereas like Awaken My Love was like this ode to like that P-Funk era and, and Maga mm-hmm. Brain and that, that era of like like fucking awesome funk um 31520 
as like this new spin on the whole thing. It reminded me so much of Clipping, and it had like it has a song with fucking Ariana Grande. What? Um, yeah, like it shit I did not know about, but it sounds super cool. I feel like I barely scratched it, and I have to go back and listen to this more. Yeah, no kidding. Jesus, man, I didn't know he put out uh, an album this year. Me neither. And he <laughs> dropped it on March 15, 2020. I missed that. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the title. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, that, yeah, I was just like, oh shit, and it's good. Like, if, if it didn't make an impression on me, I wouldn't have put it on here. I put it on yeah. here because this dude slipped this thing in i missed it i go back and listen to it and i'm like i have to listen to this over and over because everything i'm hearing is just blowing my mind right now mm-hmm. yeah no, um didn't he say i can't remember which one it was i thought he was basically going to take a break from either music or acting to focus on the other one and i thought it was music i thought he wasn't going to be releasing any more music for a while well i think at one point he was going to stop releasing music under gambino like mm, okay. I think at some point he plans on I think doing more music, but just doing it under Donald Glover. So uh, okay, gotcha. Because because Gambino was kind of like a, a personality that he you know mm. in a an image he had kind of created to release yeah. music under. Um, so I don't know because I didn't know this came out. So now I have no idea. I trust nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me neither, man. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the last Jeez. one that I have on here um, is uh, Mount Joy came out with another album this year it's called rearrange us um it's it's mountain joy um however i think i kind of like this album because it was a little bit sadder i didn't have very many upbeat things but that's what i like about mountain joy mountain joy writes the most somber fucking music ever where it's mm-hmm. like you feel happy but sad all at the same time every song makes me feel that way by them um and my buddy aaron turned me on to him i didn't i don't know yeah. i didn't really know a lot about him i still don't um but yeah i i really like mount joy and, and and this actually this was my album that i had been listening to all year without realizing it came out this year oh yeah cool yeah so <laughs> when i went back and listened to it i was like oh fuck i've been listening to this all year hell yeah i'm putting this on the list so definitely man i'll have to go back and listen to that because i know erica is a much is a much bigger mount joy fan than i am actually i'm i'm mm. just kind of aware of them but um i will have to go back and do that yeah, I like a lot of their stuff. I definitely there's some that maybe aren't the greatest, but they definitely have highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are my main albums. Um, do you want me to do some of my honorable mentions real quick, or you want to save those? Um, yeah, go yeah go for it. Do the honorable mentions. Okay. Um, so the ones that I have right now, Fiona Apple came out with an album this year, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Oh yeah, I was thinking about trying to squeeze that on my list, but yeah, that would be an honorable mention for me too. The only reason I didn't really put it on there, and I don't want to talk about it too much, is because just every music outlet is like, this is the greatest album in 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay, cool, dope. But it is cool. Um, I love Fiona Apple. Um, I think it's super dope. She's still doing music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want to talk about it because everybody else is talking about it. So True, yeah. nothing really new <laughs> to say there. Um, Paula Mafaith came out with a new album this year, Infinite Things. I have not listened to it. However, we should all listen to Paula Mafaith because um, she's dope. Um, Power Man 5000 came out with an album this year. Haven't heard that name in a while. And you better <laughs> fucking believe I'm going to go back and listen to it. Because what? Power Man 5000 is making music? Uh, apparently. Didn't know that. Um, also, Anvil came out with an album this year, which Anvil is one of my favorite speed metal bands. So they oh, came nice. out with an album this year. Um, yeah. th- those were the ones that I was like, I didn't know they came out with an album. What email list do I have to be on to actually know about music that I care about? Because yeah, exactly. you better believe if I knew Power Man 5000 came out with an album this year, I would talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> so was it was pretty good though? I have not listened to it. I'm, I'm oh, just okay, okay, making okay. sure we're all aware. <laughs> so that's why it's an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, these are ones that I haven't really listened to, like barely anything of. But yeah, they're just bands that I really like. Um, like Anvil is like I haven't listened to Anvil in years, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to their new album that came out this year. I didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, those are just some of my. Oh, and the Hanukkah sessions. Yes, so yes. Not, so good. Not really an album, but a super dope, super cool 
project that came out just at the end of the year here during Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Dave Grohl and one of, I believe, the Foo Fighters, a producer they've worked with, Kirsten. I don't even know who this is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I wasn't sure. Two-piece band, keyboard, drums, and they're covering Jewish artist songs every Mm -hmm. day for Hanukkah. So cool. So so far they've released um, Sabotage and Drake's Hotline Bling. Um, Have they done any more yet? Yep, they did. um, What else did they do? uh, Mississippi Queen by Mountain. Oh, no way. I didn't realize they were Jewish. <laughs> yeah, if you ever seen a picture of that lead singer, you could probably put it together. Gotcha. He got okay. a, he's got a Jew fro. He's kind of an Andre the Giant looking motherfucker. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. He is the mount. Like, I really yeah. think they named the band around <laughs> that lead singer because that guy is huge. That could be. I'm just really, fingers crossed, I'm hoping they do a Kiss cover. Because ah. when you think about the greatest Jewish bands of all time, Kiss has got to be up there. I would put Kiss up there. Um, well, I was, I was playing games with Aaron and Chris last night and Chris was like, Beastie Boys are Jewish. (laughs) And then I'm like, have you seen a picture of them? Like, I mean, I don't mean to be that way, but I'm just saying these, they, they, they are who they are. Like they're just like Jewish kids from New York. Like you could easily just hearing them talk, you know, exactly. Yes. Like I said, not really now. I'm really excited. Um, I may even see if they put something out today i'm not sure i yeah, don't know when they release I think this that's shit. the plan yeah. um so those are mine those are my honorable mentions i'm very curious as to what we're going to talk about now because you kind of you, you hyped it up what what do you got here at the end buddy yeah so i i wanted to kind of save this for last because i had a feeling it was going to bring things down to a place we couldn't really recover from so uh let's blow up this podcast right now um all right <laughs> So my number one album, I think, of this year was a band called Desert Noises, um, who I think I've talked about before on the podcast. I might have done a What You Crankin', um, but they are a super awesome band that don't get near enough like credit or um, exposure. I, I just I discovered them, I think, like. Five, probably five or six years ago, um, they were doing a show in Fort Wayne at the Brass Rail, and they were actually opening up for another band that I wanted to see more called Fly Golden Eagle. And when I saw Desert Noises play, I was like, "Holy shit, these guys are way better than Fly Golden Eagle." So I've been keeping a, keeping up the, with them for a while. Um, I follow them on all like the social medias, etc. And then a couple of years ago, they announced that they were kind of like they were kind of breaking up, taking a break, um, and they didn't do anything for a while. They didn't. They haven't put out an album since probably 2015. Um, and then, like earlier this year, they announced that they were working on a new album and were going to release it. And I was psyched about it because I've always been big fans of these guys. They're like kind of unknown, but it's like blues indie rock that is just super fun. Um, but they're also like. They're a good lyricist. The guy's got a great voice. Um, and they have an album that came out this year. They It was their first album they put out in like five years called Everything Always. Um, and I was super excited about this album. I was looking forward to it. I pre-ordered it on vinyl. Like the day they announced that they were doing vinyl, I was like, I'm okay, I'm going to buy these. I got to I gotta support these guys. Um, and then it ended up coming out. The album was released on August 20th, 2020. Now, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> that was the day my mom died. Oh, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but yeah, uh, my mom passed away this year, um, and I think I'm finally ready to kind of talk about it. And it was—I don't mean it to sound forced, but it's one of the reasons this album means so much to me. Yeah, um, is because I was super excited about this album, and the day it came out happened to be the day that my mom passed away. Um, and when I talk about like. The, the top albums of you know the, the reason I wanted to talk about them is because no I don't think they're gonna like blow up or I don't honestly I don't even know if it was the greatest album of the year but I think it means so much to me and I'll never forget it because it just reminds me of the the, the thing about music is it's I, I think it's really good when you can listen to something and it reminds you of where you are and what you were doing and this album will forever be the album in my mind that you know I actually, when I, when I first found out and I was like, you know, the weekend that it happened, I was driving around Wabash, my hometown and listening to this album the entire, you know, week I, you know, dealing with my mom's funeral and everything. So, and and it also like the music weirdly fit the, the mood I was in. Um, it was kind of a more chill, not as, 
you know, upbeat. And it really just meant a lot to me at the time. And I think it always will. So check out Desert Noises. Check out Everything Always. Um, super good stuff. Yeah, no, so. that's, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's actually kind of crazy because, um, actually, actually Aaron asked about you last night, actually, believe it oh, or yeah. not. Yeah. He asked, he asked how you were doing. Uh, it's been four about four months, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, that felt, that felt weirdly. Well, I mean, it's only four months, so I guess you could call that recent. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I just hadn't realized it had been four months already. Yeah, it's been about four months. Yeah. So that's crazy. Um, no, I think that is really cool that you had a, a a musical experience associated with that because I think that could be the the uh the the balm, you know, the mm-hmm. the the ointment to those wounds. And I think yeah, I, right. I, I think that's cool. You know, I, I I think I always try to look for a silver lining. I think they're always there. Um and I think that could be one because now you have this album that's gonna mean so much more to you than it will anybody else yeah true that and i even i felt like so strongly about it that i even like i and i never do this i like messaged the band on instagram and i was like hey just so you guys know like this album means the world to me i know that like you aren't huge but just and i even kind of told him like it came out in a pivotal point in my life and i even told him like my mom passed away and i on the same day it came out and i was excited to listen to the album and it'll never you know it'll be with me always so yeah and they, they they responded back right away they were like oh my god you have no idea how oh, much wow. that means cool. they were super nice about it the best guys cool I, that's what i was gonna say i was gonna really say well i don't know i'm sure they'll see it at some point i'm sure it will mean but that's awesome <laughs> they they gave you a message back and mm-hmm. and did that um yeah i mean like just to kind of you know relate i have that with echo silence patience and grace um that foo fighter album came out not incredibly long or before after i don't remember all the dates but around the time that my friend james died um Mm -hmm. so then that album turned into a concept album to me about dealing with death um which i think it's pretty clear it's unrelated Um, but that album was an album that me and my friends listened to over and over and over again to deal with the feelings that we felt because it's at the same time, one of the most joyful, triumphant albums that I think the Foo did. And then one of the saddest, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anybody has listened to stranger things have happened. Um, that is a very melancholy somber jam and a song that I have probably cried to half of the times (laughs) I've heard it. Yeah. Um, but then there's a song like Long Road to Ruin, which is which is so much more upbeat and triumphant. So, yeah, um, I, I could relate to that heavily because it was the mm-hmm. same kind of thing with Echoes. So, like, a lot of times, is Echoes the Foo Fighters' best album? No. But it will forever mm-hmm. be, like, my favorite? Probably. Just because yeah, definitely. I associate it so much with that time and the healing and the hurt, the pain and, and everything I had to go through to come out on the other side and now when i go back and listen to it it brings all that flooding back and it's it's a it's an experience to listen to like i don't really tend to listen to most of the album and be like oh yeah this this is jaunty (laughs) tune it's like (laughs) i get like the vietnam thousand yard stare and (laughs) you know get like i'm doing a lot of emotional processing to that music so um, yeah definitely and i think that you know has a huge impact on how good music is if it can and, and and not only did it come out at a really good time like the the lyrics and the the, the style of music for the desert noises album kind of fit and i don't know how they did that that's a, it's a, a lot of the songs are about like either breakup or loss and it's you know thinking back it's just like how did this come at me how did this album come out in such a perfect time in my life that i will never forget it and to me that is like the pinnacle of great music making. It, these guys obviously had no idea that somebody would listen to it, you know, in this context. But still, to me, it it made it it it, it, it when I was listening to it, it felt like it was made for me. Yeah, and I think that's totally. the perfect. I think that makes a amazing band. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, look, like I I feel the same exact way about Echoes because I had had a friend who took his own life and just passed away and they have a song on there called Let It Die. And the main Mm -hmm. lyric is, why'd you have to go and let it die? And it's just like, how how can I how can that not be impressed upon me forever? 
Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, because that was the literal thing I was thinking and didn't know how to say it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, that's like, like I said, that that's just me relating. Um, but I, I think it's cool that there was a band who put out an album and it, and it was there for you. And yeah, right. I think that's the very really cool. First, the very first song on the album is called coffee and the chorus goes like this. Nothing ever stays the same. I was hoping that you'd stay forever is just a thing. They say, I know now we were rolling on a different wave. Nobody to blame. Cause nothing ever stays the same. I know now I'll never change, which is like, you know, it's kind of a song about breakup, but to me listening into that context, I was like, holy shit, that like is encapsulates kind of how i feel about this so. exactly and and Beautiful. that's that's what that that is good music is when it's it, it it speaks to something but it's there for you to put yourself upon and yeah. mm-hmm. you know i think that that's a difficult thing to do like you know not making incredibly literal music and also not making it so vague that it could be about yeah. anything <laughs> like right. clearly that kind of has context so but that is a really good artist a really good band who when they write that that it can you you can find yourself in it and that's mm-hmm. kind of the power of the whole thing and i think that's why we have a whole segment of the show called what's your cranking that's yeah. why we talk about music every episode is because it means a fucking lot and you know i think that this is a prime example of of why mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i'm glad you shared that because that's cool i didn't know any of that <laughs> yep. So I kind of wanted to, um, again, like not, I was going to be kind of weird about, it. I didn't want to bring the mood down, but, um, I, I was going to have to talk about it eventually. And I figured what better way than to do it while shouting out one of the most influential albums I've ever heard for re- for good reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am. I'm glad yeah. you did. I'm glad you shared that with us. That will be a, an album I will definitely listen to cause I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of go on that journey um and hear and kind of hear what's there and and i don't cool. remember this band i tried to find them on the playlist real quick while we were talking but i couldn't find them so you okay. may I not, not have, have them i might not have talked about them yeah yeah you may not have them on the playlist yet i just i couldn't find them so um all right why well, I, I think that's a perfect note to end on there is absolutely no reason to do what you're cranking because obviously you now know we just did yep we just did a lot of it um <laughs> Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We will catch you guys next week. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Stay stay fresh, you you musical cheese bags. (laughs) 